Hello, everyone, and welcome to Storehouses, a weekly podcast brought to you by Trinity Baptist Church. My name is Ethan Getrost, and with me in the studio today is Sarah Sensenig. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Awesome. Glad to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So as Ethan said, my name is Sarah, and I have been on staff with Trinity for what feels like five minutes, ah. but... It's uh, actually been a few weeks. I started working January 1, and I am the Minister of College and Emerging Adults. Yes. Which is a fun title, because I think I'm an emerging adult. Yes. But <laughs> we're figuring it out. So I am shepherding people from the age range of about 18 to 24, 25-ish. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Which is a good range. Yeah. A much-needed range, I would say, uh, especially... For Trinity Baptist Church, there was this huge need for uh, a minister of college and emerging adults, and just kind of right at the perfect time, yeah. kind of how God works, you showed up, and uh, it just clicked for us all. And so, I know I'm super excited to have you on staff. I'm sure Trinity as well as a whole super excited mm-hmm. for that. Thank you. Yeah, and, it's and been we're wonderful. humbled um, because just how awesome you are. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, So you brought with you a scripture that you wanted to talk about, which is always great. Yeah. Uh, Comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Uh, Would you like to read it for us? Yeah, let me read it. Philippians, chapter 2, starting in verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, though who he was in the form of God did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. This Amen. is this is such a beautiful uh, passage of scripture, and I think, you know, we're going to get into the very specifics about the passage, but just right off the bat, there's something so glorifying to God uh, uh, about Mm -hmm. this passage of Scripture, just this intentional choice uh, that Christ would come in the likeness of man uh, Mm -hmm. to die for for men. Um, What about this passage of Scripture stands out to you? Why why are we talking about it? What's important about it to you? Uh, Everything. (laughs) But there's a lot of really rich things in this passage. Uh, This is a passage that I would mark as my life verse. It's something that I've come back to over and over again. It's so significant to me that it was read at both my wedding and my ordination. Hmm. So I think it's it's really, really profound. Um, There's a lot of things that's stick out to me, but the very first thing is right off the bat in verse 3. It's this beautiful picture of how Christians should live um, under the example of Christ's humility and that we should not have selfish ambition or vain conceit, but to count other people as more significant than ourselves. Yeah, And that is 
very countercultural. Right. That is that goes completely against the grain of what the world tells us to do. And so I love this idea of humility being at the front and center of our lives and always thinking of other people as more significant than ourselves. Yeah. And even going into verse four, you know, let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. I think that that's, uh, you could kind of say the whole gospel is summarized in these two verses, which is like learn from Christ, live like Christ, uh, and do it for others because others need to know the love that you have. Absolutely. Um, And, and I think, for me, what stands out most is just the humbleness uh, of just Christ's servitude. You know, it, mm. it's a theme throughout Scripture in the Gospels. You know, there's several examples of him serving others. Uh, and I think that that's kind of the way ministry works, yeah. at, at least my ministry, if I have a personal one. Uh, I, I want to be able to to serve others, meet physical needs, meet the needs of others, uh, kind of build a relationship with them and then just let them see Christ in me. Mm, yeah. uh, and I think that this verse also does it. Um, speaking of humility, is humility, is it something that stands out about us as Christians or do we have a hard time being humble? Uh, what are yeah. some things that you see maybe in the modern church, maybe we can do better or some things that we're doing great? I, I think it definitely should. I don't think it always does. I have seen a lot of examples, and I'm sure a lot of people can see this too, is that churches are often built around the personality of their staff and their ministers instead of the person of Christ. And whether this is done intentionally or not, it leads to a problem Mm. because then if this person gets caught in something that's scandalous or if they have to leave for any reason, usually the institution crumbles. Right. And so this can be done as a church as a whole or even microcosms. Like you and I have worked with youth ministry. I have seen that time and time again. And so I think that this is what we should be doing. And I have been really blown away at Trinity because I do notice a really big air of humility with Mm. the people who work here. And that was one of the first things that struck me about going to church here before being on staff was even um, something that was on my radar. So I have definitely, I've definitely noticed this. And in the ministry that I have, I try, it's, it's sometimes the Sarah show, but I would like for this to be the example because if anyone throughout human history had the right to not participate in humility, it would have been Jesus Christ. And yet he completely emptied himself and became a servant to all. So I think when we operate in that mindset, the church and ministry can be the best it can be because we're not putting the identity in our personality or our charisma, but just simply in the being of Christ. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, when Paul wrote this, he was writing to the church in Philippi. Uh, yeah. But churches are made up of individual people. So I think when we read this, we can also take away some lessons about just our personal life and our personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, so in that, what's harmful to us as a specific person about being proud? Yeah. So I think sometimes we hear that and it's different between there's a difference between taking pride in our accomplishments and wanting to work hard and all of those things. I think that is scripturally based, and I think that is something that we should strive to do. However, when 
pride becomes sinful is when we take the spotlight off of God and put mm. it onto ourselves. Yeah. So what I feel like this passage is pushing us to do is to realize this doesn't give us an excuse to slack or to do a crappy job. Um, but instead, it says that all of our effort should be pointing to the person of Jesus. Wow. And that's really where humility comes in. And so as much of Christianity is, it's kind of this dichotomy, these two things working together of, yes, strive and do everything to the best of your ability, but also recognize it is a spirit-led and driven event where Christ can do this work without us, but in his graciousness, he chooses us to invite him in, yeah. to invite us into the kingdom. Yeah, I was always taught as a young kid that David, King David's uh, first mistake was that he was prideful you know this is before Bathsheba or anything like that but uh, imagine slaying a giant killing a lion like all those really manly (laughs) things that you could ever do uh, that's got to get to your head you know and then you thinking uh, all of a sudden I'm an anointed king of the the largest nation uh man that's got to be such an ego driven mindset that David must have had into him thinking that Bathsheba was already his Mm. and not only that but even Peter, you know, as uh, I don't know, I don't know what Peter was like. I mean, we kind of do from scripture, but I can imagine Peter was a little bit bold, a little bit brash and a little bit prideful. Uh, And so there's examples of like Paul confronting him in Mm. Acts and saying, dude, what are you doing? Why are you acting the way you're acting? Why do you have this holier are thou uh, mindset? And, And to me, this is the largest example in scripture of, of just being humble. Like if anybody was to be proud, it would be Jesus. Absolutely. Right. Like he's the yeah. king of the earth, like <laughs> savior of all. If, if there was Creator one person, of the universe. Yeah. yeah. if there was one dude who could do it, it's him, it you know? And, and man, he humbles himself to becoming this like meek bound mm. human. Like we can only do so much things and Christ was able to do far more than we could ever do as a human. But Man, him just coming down, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. Yeah. He humbled himself to be obedient. Servants are obedient to their master. And Christ took this servant attitude onto himself and was obedient even to the point of death on a cross. And and for me, man, there's so much harm in being proud before God exalts you. Yeah. Like I, I that's think good. In, in my own life, the only reasons that I should be proud are, are when God exalts me. And that's not a show for others. That's mm-hmm. not something that God did in my life. And I'm going to boast about like how awesome I am. A, like I'm not this super Christian because God does great things in my life. Mm. I, I just love the Lord. And sometimes he blesses me in that. And I think that when we feel exalted from God, that's the pride that we have in the Lord. I think that's a, that's a holy, that's a righteous pride. Uh, that we would boast in God in, in some humble ways. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that it ever comes before being exalted or blessed by God in any way. I think that that's a, a foolish pride uh, that will lead us absolutely nowhere. Yeah. And even in this passage, it says Christ is exalted after his death on the cross. Right. So, yeah. I mean, after suffering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Another point of all of this is, is just... Um, Paul is writing this letter to a church, which sometimes it's easier to write a letter than it is to have like a face-to-face conversation, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about 
things that the church or, or people are doing wrong, uh, how would you teach this passage to people who already believe in Christ? I, I mean, there is an understanding of them understanding who Christ was, what it means to be a Christian, all this kind of stuff. But how would you take this passage one step further into challenging people? Yeah. Yeah, it is a really good explanation of the gospel. But for people who already understand the gospel, I would say this passage is wonderful because it can be something that we use as a sanctification aspect in our lives. And I would say, yes, now that you understand Christ, it's not only this intellectual understanding, but it's following in his footsteps in the same way so that we experience the humbling of ourselves, that we are willing to take on suffering, that we are Mm. willing to do all of these things. Because especially for Western churches, suffering is not something that we generally experience or even want to talk about. But the gospel shows us we should not sidestep suffering, but indeed it's something that we step into. And so I think that this is a really good passage to talk about those things. And um, I love this passage too because... When you look at the original translation, it talks about how Jesus emptied himself. So Jesus could have still had all of his divinity, but he chooses to empty himself to have the complete human experience and then the complete humility. And it's only at Mm. that point that he's exalted. So there's a lot of really good things in there. And even before we get into this Christocentric lifestyle that we should have. Uh, It's really good in the first three and four, those two verses talking about, I mean, if that was how you tried to live your entire life, you would be doing okay to stop being selfish, to stop being vain, and to count others as more significant than yourselves, to look out for the interests of others. Wow. And what I see too from looking at that is that the only way that you can truly do this is seeing your worth completely in Mm. Christ, because this is not a passage about humility is not about hating yourself or making yourself uh, less than Christ has created you to be. But when you are secure in your identity as a son or daughter, then you can raise other people up. Well, that's amazing. I think for me, what I would teach people or what I would share with them is usually when I teach any, any kind of scripture or I talk about anything, I I try to pull out what God has uh, been teaching me through the scripture. And I know that um, just in our conversations before we record this, uh, I've been chewing on this verse and kind of meditating on what God wants me to know. And, and really it comes down for, for verses three and four, and then skipping kind of uh, the middle chunk is obviously the most important. But yeah. God was like, you know that. Okay, so just go to 10 and 11. Mm. And so it's like do nothing from selfish ambition. Uh, look out for the interests of others so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Wow. Almost as in this like when we serve others, who do they see? Yeah. They see Jesus. Mm. And when they see Jesus, man, every knee will bow. Mm. Every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord. Yeah. And if there's an important part uh, of what I need in my life, or, or if God is saying something that should stand out in my life, it is that I need to serve better. Yeah. You know, maybe not like try my hardest to serve, but 
I need to try. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's been so many times where I've just like skipped over the servanthood, yeah, uh, that that Christ shows us and, and what this verse is talking about. That I just don't serve people very well, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the the more I understand this passage is, man, Christ served us, so He's calling us to serve others. Yeah. You know? And I think it really gets at the motivation of our service as well. And when I was reading this, it makes me think back to Matthew five sixteen, and it says that you are to do your good works in front of other people so that when they look at your life, they will see God the Father. Yeah. And so once again, it's saying, yeah, do this for other people, but it's really get yourself out of the way yes. so that people can see Jesus. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, just in like our conversations with people, you know, maybe you know somebody personally that doesn't know Christ, and you'd be, it would be an easier time for you to talk to that person. But maybe there's somebody in your life that you don't know very well, and maybe God has laid that person's name on your heart. Mm-hmm. I think that conversations about the gospel start on a very personal level. Yeah. So I think you, first you should get to know that person. You know, invite them to dinner or buy them a cup of coffee or. I don't know, just find these little couple minute moments that you can have with that person to just get to know them. And then, you know, I think as you love them and serve them, uh, God's glory and God's light will shine through you so that they can see the Father through you. Uh, So that every example you give them of servanthood and love will just reflect the Father's servanthood and love on us. And, And somebody told me that, the way you allow God to love you is the way that you will love others. And, and I think that in Profound. this moment, oh, well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> in this moment, man, the humbleness and the servanthood of Christ being poured out for us should be the way we pour out love uh, towards others and the way that we should serve others. Uh, so conversation, I think, should spring naturally from the gospel uh, and not just be this format that we walk into trying to explain to everybody what the gospel is. And I'm not trying to call anybody out, but if you're one of those people who are like, hey, waiter, we're about to pray. Can we pray for your soul or whatever? Like, again, I'm not calling yeah. you out, but maybe there's a better way uh, in inviting them to church first or, or trying to get to know them uh, before just trying to save their soul. Yeah, um, some relational ministry. Some relational ministry. Absolutely. Um Anything else? I mean, this passage, I feel like I could talk about for hours. So, yeah, I think one of the interesting things here, and so I'm married uh, to Jacob Sensenig, who is our music minister. I don't even know if that's his, like, formal title. It's not, but we're just going to (laughs) say the music minister. And we were talking about this, and he pointed out to me, which I think is awesome, is that this would have been something that would have probably been sung by the early church. And when you think about that context, not everyone was literate. And so music was a really big way that people could memorize scripture and put it on their heart Hmm. because there was not, obviously there wasn't access to Bibles if you were just a normal, ordinary person. The education level was low. And so music really was this way to spread the word of God and to spread the gospel. And so I think that's just a really beautiful thing to think about is that the early church people would have sang this to memorize this and it makes me want to memorize it yeah absolutely yeah it's it's not a bad verse to memorize yeah absolutely (laughs) um yeah that's that's awesome and and such a challenge to move forward into hiding the words of god in our heart uh, and just living um just a gospel focused life a a jesus-centered life um 
If you've listened to this and, and, and you were encouraged by it, please share this with your friends. Uh, make sure that people are listening to, I don't know, just the scriptures being talked about. Mm. Um, you can find me uh, or you can email me at ethan at trinitybaptist.org. We have a Facebook page. All you have to do is sh- uh, just search storehouses, uh, Trinity Baptist Church. You can leave a comment there. You can join our conversations about these different scriptures. If you have something to add that we totally missed, please just leave it on our page. We'd love to talk to you about it. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Ethan Getrust. Sarah, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm all of those places. You can email me at sarahbsensenig at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at as bullionsensenig. Both of my names are hard, uh, so <laughs> I, I can spell that out later. And then Facebook, if you just search Sarah Boyan Sensenig, you can find me any of those places as well. Yeah, awesome. Well, we've enjoyed uh, talking about it. It was great. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Thanks for listening. <laughs>